like I'm talking into a cat's butt. We are talking into a cat's butt. We are talking into cat's butts. Yay! And this is What's With The Neighbors. We are a true crime and paranormal podcast, and that is Amy. And that is Brie. And we are here the second time around. Yes. Uh, so, a little story, guys. I talked about the Ouija board. Dun, dun, dun. Spoiler alert. My story is about the Ouija board, which I already posted on Facebook. And um, we don't know if it was a tech malfunction those of you that listen know we often have them <laughs> however usually the malfunctions are with amy's mic yes and it shows that it got unplugged which we recently fixed right and this go around my mic went out for my entire story and but 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 her mic was on in the footage in the footage her mic is on and so we're like well what the heck yeah we're 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 confused so yeah you know we are still learning even at episode this is episode 40 this is episode 40 i am so excited for myself because i get to stay up no i'm doing it tomorrow i'm gonna work on it all day tomorrow and then this oh episode God. comes out so the sorry. next day sucks. we are pulling an m and christine yes <laughs> shout out to them yes we know we're not alone yeah you even know, from the almost awesome podcast experts <laughs> they still struggle yes. so that's that's it. Do you want to go first this week, or do you want me to go first? Uh, I can go first since I already told everybody what it was about. Okay. Um. So I'll tell you a neighborhood story. Do it. Watch the cord. Oh. Okay. Okay. So this one is shout out to your husband for being such a great father, and an um, even better father to his yard. Yes. He's a great father to our kids. He is too. a wonderful father to <laughs> their kids. <laughs> um. So it's um next door. Um, story it says hashtag poll of the day poll should all neighbors be required to mow their lawn twice a week apparently some people don't think it's important to keep their lawn up to reasonable standards like mowing or maybe pulling a few weeds maybe i'm just being a crazy woman but i think we should take pride in our hood i'll let you decide four percent said yes and 96 percent said no wow I'm surprised she got 4%. I know. It was probably like close friends and her husband maybe. Her husband. He's like, <laughs> she's like, go on there and vote. <laughs> go do this now. Oh, oh, sorry. And 582 people voted for that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So many people. So many people. Oh my, that was on the next door app? That was on That's the next why. door app. Yeah. So. Uh, happy so belated Father's Day. She Yes. Happy belated Father's Day. And she would hate my lawn. My yard. That's okay. That's okay. I live within the street, and I like to say that I'm renting. So. And my majority of your yard is a daycare anyway, so. 100%. There you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Do you want to hear a spooky story? I do. Mike. You just keep looking at is it. Is the mic working? Mike, are you ready for this? We are here. Come on, Mike. You got this. Micro, my microphone. Don't get scared of them of the story so uh first and foremost we do not condone or encourage anyone to use the ouija board correct um so just remember that so i wanted to discuss all things ouija board this is episode 40 so i kind of want to do a little bit something bigger so here's yeah. the history uh, so the Ouija board first started popping up in the late late 1800s when spiritualism was uh, starting to become popular in North America. Okay. Um, it, I guess it had already been like a thing in England or whatever, and we were kind of behind, but um, it wasn't unusual for people to start talking to spirits or ghosts or like uh, sure. past loved ones. Yeah. Why is that moving? Oh, that's me kicking the cord. Sorry. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm so paranoid with this story. Um, Amy, stop kicking the cords. <laughs> <laughs> so seances were big at parties. Uh, through also like uh, through writing, 
like talking to spirits, having them write things, or uh-huh. table turning parties were a thing where participants would place their hands on a small table and just watch it start to shake and they all would say like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know somebody yeah. doing that. <laughs> So fun fact. Okay. We have lots of fun facts. Oh, I love fun facts. It was acceptable for Christians to participate in these seances as long as it was on a Saturday night and as long as they attended church the next day. So kind of like cleansing, I guess. Yeah. I don't Christian, know. The Christian church has such weird rules sometimes. Know. They like stretch, stretch <laughs> it. <laughs> so like today's, they feature the alphabet numbers 0 through 9, the words goodbye and yes and no as well as a planchette with a viewing window. Sure. Uh, the idea of the board was to be used between at least two participants. Two people. Just remember that. At least two. Um, during a seance. Okay. Uh, who would place their fingers on the planchette, and it would guide them along the board, spelling out the words and giving messages to the players. Right. Now, I bet you're wondering, where'd the word Ouija come from? Right. I we could have totally just remembered that, and you could have just been like, "I know, I should have remembered to have well, you do that." I guess that just means that we're authentic. Yeah, we actually don't remember anything about this and story. None of it's scripted. <laughs> but yes, where does it's the Ouija such board? an unusual name? And how is it spelled Ouija with a J? Ouija. Ouija. <laughs> It's, it's definitely not an American word. Definitely not. No. Uh, so, well, an attorney slash entrepreneur guy named Elijah Bond and his sister-in-law, who was a medium, named Helen Peters, were using an ab- a board because, like, it wasn't really sold. People would just kind of make their own boards and okay. do this thing. Yeah. Um, but they were using one of these said boards in the 1890s, and she had asked the board, what should they call it? And it spelled out Ouija. So they asked what it meant, and it said, good luck. Like, does that mean it means good luck, or does that mean, like, good luck? Good luck. (laughs) Uh, So Bond decided to market this, since no one had yet, for whatever reason, and everybody was doing it. Uh Uh-huh. Genius. Now, to get the game patent, you had to prove that it actually worked. So he ended up bringing his sister-in-law with him to the patent office. Okay. Uh, there, the chief patent officer required a demonstration and said that if the board could accurately spell out his name, which no one supposedly knew, uh-huh. he would allow the application process to proceed. Okay. So they all sat down and did a seance, and sure enough, the board accurately spelled out his name. Um, now, was it the spirits giving the messages or did this attorney guy like do some digging and was he actually a smart attorney and was just like, I'm just going to go find out everybody that I'm working with. Yeah. He definitely did that. You never know. It's the latter. Believe what you want to believe. <laughs> so the game was patent and it became such a hit that a businessman named William Fold kind of took over things. He was the mastermind behind marketing. Uh-huh. Uh, fun fact, Mary Todd Lincoln you know, once our first lady actually conducted seances in the White House after their 11-year-old son died of a fever in 1862. Oh, that's really sad, but... But kind of cool that she did that yeah. in the White House. He's like, I'm I bet she Abe talked Lincoln. to so many people. Probably. But well, I guess there wasn't that many. I mean... <laughs> he was only the... Was 18. it 14, 18? Yeah. Yeah, he was... Yeah, they He's only like, talked to like 14 or 18 more presidents. A, Abe Lincoln's like, I'm gonna like go and end slavery. And she's like, hold on, let me go talk to the dead. Let's let's go. Let's go get some spirits going. Yeah. While I'm drinking my spirits. <laughs> so it was marked... It was marketed in national catalogs such as Sears, which I forgot to bring. Oh, yeah. And the... Uh, I do have a, a Sears catalog from like 1902. Um, which I brought last time, but I have it all written down what it is. So the Ouija board, the magic game, remarkable, interesting, and mystifying game. Great mirth and making game for parties. Apparently answers questions concerning past, present, and future. And oh. again, this is this is what was written inside my 1902 edition Sears catalog. Which she just has in her I just it, I guys. just have in case I want to purchase a, a carriage <laughs> or something, you know, or some arsenic. An arsenic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was only a dollar, and the planchette was forty cents, so it was a dollar forty. Um, now it's twenty four ninety nine on Amazon. Uh, the first game was sold in Pittsburgh in a Pittsburgh toy shop, and the rest is history. 
So, fun fact. Okay. The room that the birthplace of the name Ouija is now a 7-Eleven and actually has a plaque on the wall commemorating this event. Oh. I thought that was kind of fun. I like that it's a 7-Eleven. Yeah. Like, it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Ouija board's like, hey, 7-Eleven, we're going to make gas 7-Eleven the year 2022. <laughs> 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 it's bad juju there. <laughs> I just got your joke. It's depressing. <laughs> uh, I bet 7-Eleven's now wishing that they were still a gas station, not a convenience oh my God. store. <laughs> they are a gas station too, aren't they? I think they got rid of all their gas. Oh, did they? Yeah, I think they're just a convenience store now. Oh, well, I'm totally wrong. But I bet they were like, dang it, we really could have marketed off of that. They could have. I don't know the where I'm from, from. I think they have them in Florida and on the East Coast. I feel they, like they do. Oh, okay. They used to be all gas stations, but... Uh, in California, where I'm from, it's Another all convenience stores. It's just a convenience store now. It's pretty convenient. <laughs> so, uh, with the Ouija board being so mysterious, mysterious things started happening with people who had a hand in it. Sure. Um, Helen Peters, the lady who had come up with the Ouija board name. Uh, so even though the board had been so popular and making made such a profit, she she did have like a a, a stock in it. But she ended up wanting nothing to do with it. I don't uh, she felt it had done damage to her family. I guess when the civil, some Civil War family relics or heirlooms went missing from her home. So she consulted the board and it had said that uh, a family member had taken them. Oh. So the family, half the family believed it. And the other half said it was bullshit, including Helen. She was like, this is this thing is telling lies. It's just messing with our heads. Yeah. So this caused a lot of conflict that was unfortunately never resolved, and it tore the family apart. Ooh. Like, over some air. Like, I get it. Like, it's, it's a pretty big thing to yeah. go missing. But, like, really, blood's more important. Uh, after the fight, she told all her or she sold all of her stock in the company, and until her dying day, she told everyone not to play the game because it tells lies. <laughs> okay, what if it was her? Could be. She stole all her stock. She sold all of her stock. Maybe she lived off of the Civil War relics or whatever. The heirloom heirlooms. 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 They are spelled like heirlooms. I though. know they are. <laughs> okay. Heirlooms. Fruit of heirlooms. <laughs> now i'm never gonna get that out of my head sorry <laughs> oh the heat's making us delirious <laughs> a little loopy so uh william fold he had some family drama of his own in 1919 he cut his brother out of the business and the two never spoke again uh i guess at some point the ouija board had told him to prepare for big business and throughout that year, sales boomed, making him over a million dollars from the game. Uh, he was continuing to open up factories, and one of them was actually the largest building in Baltimore. Three stories. Whoa. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> the board told him to build this building, in fact. Oh. So in 1927, he went up to the roof of this building to supervise the replacement of a flagpole. Uh, he was standing near the edge of the roof, stupid, grasping yeah. an iron support of the pole to sturdy himself. Like, in my mind, he's just, like, leaning on the edge, like, grabbing the pole. Like, yeah, what? Okay, yeah, like, how you're, close are you Why are you at the edge? edge of the building yeah. holding on to something? Like, you're something's going to happen. So, maybe uh, it's a very small roof. I don't know. Like, only if it's one person. Maybe. You know, maybe that that very well, but it's a factory, so I don't know. <laughs> so he was standing near the edge of the roof, grasping the support, and then finally it broke loose. Um, and one of the workmen saw it, and I guess he toppled over, fell off the building, and there you have it. Well, maybe he shouldn't have... But he didn't die. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but wait, there's more. I forgot more. about this part. <laughs> when falling... He grabbed hold of a windowsill that happened to be open. And then it happened to suddenly shut on his hands. So Ow. made him fall even more. And then he fell down and crashed to his fate. So he died. He did not die. Oh, my gosh. Because the window yeah. stopped him, huh? So yeah. he apparently survived the fall with some broken ribs. And 
he was put into an ambulance and halfway there they hit a bump and one of the ribs was sent into his heart and he died officially oh imagine being killed by a pothole <laughs> yeah <laughs> like is this in alaska <laughs> this is in alaska was it our front yard yeah our front road is this our neighborhood <laughs> uh the game stayed in the family business until 1966 when they sold it to the parker brothers which it was eventually bought by hasbro wow fun fact description on hasbro's site is enter the world of the mysterious and mystifying with the Ouija board. You've got questions and the spirit world has answers. And the uncanny Ouija board is your way to get them. What do you want to know? Ask your questions with a friend using the planchette that comes with the board. But be patient and concentrate because the spirits can't be rushed. And the last part is handle the Ouija board with respect and it won't disappoint you. It is for eight years and up. Oh, good. Alice can play it. <laughs> like, what the heck? Congratulations, all the eight-year-olds out there. Why are I hope we letting children play with this thing? <laughs> Wait, my four-year-old listens sometimes. Yeah, Alice's friend listens to us. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Which I don't know how yeah. I feel about it, yeah. but <laughs> um, I'm not her parent. <laughs> it's good. It's good. So, interesting turn of events. Uh, the game remained a hit until 1973, but then the famous movie The Exorcist came to screen, and as you may remember, Ouija board was actually used um, prior to the demons taking over the boy. And remember, oh, like with right. his aunt yeah. Tilly and him played it. Yeah. Um, even though the movie was loosely based on Roland Doe's exorcism, this also played a part in the movies so soon the ouija boards and other spiritualism practices were stopped and it was like the time of like anti well obviously anti-satanism but like satanism was just like a panic at this time so because he was coming he was coming (laughs) but every everybody was terrified of satan at this time and they were just like no ouija boards are bad ouija boards are bad don't do that we don't talk to the devil we don't mess with that. Them devil stuff. <laughs> Fun fact, uh, for the longest time, Elijah Bond's grave was unmarked and almost lost in history. Aww. A dedicated group of paranormal enthusiasts and a cemet- and some cemetery staff located the grave and arranged for a new stone commemorating him. The headstone, oh, wait no. for it, is a Ouija board. That is really it's cool. It's a giant Ouija board. It's 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 pretty awesome so is it a head like the the top like it sticks out of the ground headstone or is it one that's no it sticks out of the ground oh my gosh yeah it probably would have been bad if it was in the ground because then people would like really play it it says that no one has played it that they know of so i don't know i'm sure people have broken in and tried to play it. oh i'm sure since punk punk kids oh uh now we're gonna talk about uh a little someone called Patience Worth. In okay. 1913, a Paracurin was a housewife in St. Louis with no out there interests in the supernatural or paranormal, just the occasional dabbling in the Ouija board. Uh huh. Because it was the thing then. Right. Uh, one day while using it, her it spelled out she used it with a friend and it spelled out uh many moons ago i lived again i come patience worth is my name and according to the spirit she lived in dorchestire england okay in either 1649 or 1694 uh patience spoke like she was from a different time using words like thou and thee after pushing for more information the spirit said about me ye would know much so, yesterday is dead. Let thy mind rest as to the past. So, Pearl began to communicate with patients, like, it's very poetic. Yeah. So, she began to communicate with her, like, on a, like, a regular basis. Uh-huh. They were buds. Um, and she communicated with her so much that she could, she knew what she was saying in her head before, like, the words were being spelled out on the board. Whoa. So she would have someone like spell out the words and like write, write them down. Yeah. And she would have someone like write them down. And she ended up getting like 25 ye- She ended up dedicating 25 years to this and got 400,000 words t- out. And uh-huh. through these, she got nearly 5,000 poems, a play, and lots of novels such as The Sorry Tale by Patience Worth. Wow. So 
thought that was a little fun tidbit. Yeah. Skeptic part of this. Uh, the Ouija board is considered by scientific com- by the scientific community to be the result of the ideal moder- motor response to IMR or IMR, where the subject makes motions unconsciously unconscious- called automatism or a uh, hypnic jerk, which can be explained as your brain signaling your body to move without your conscious awareness. Wow. In the case of the Ouija board, your brain may create images and memories when you're at, when you ask questions, your body responds to your brain without you telling it to. So causing the muscles in your hands and arms to move the pointer to answers that you may want to receive unconsciously. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been multiple scientific studies, but I'm not going to get too much into that because this is a paranormal story and we don't give a shit. So, yeah. Sorry. This is not a science po- podcast. Yeah. Go go tune into a science podcast. Go if you listen hear about to that. Bill Nye, the science guy. Or just don't. Or don't and listen to us. Yeah. Um, so I found a couple stories on the on the Internet. Um, okay. I'm just going to tell you a couple of them. So this one says, we were hanging out in a friend's dorm room and busted out the Ouija board, you know, as ones do. There were a few of us who had used them before and a few who hadn't were quite skeptical. It was about 11 p.m. and the communication with the board was going quite well. Gary, one of the skeptics, kept calling calling bullshit to the whole thing. We convinced him to sit on the floor with us and give it a shot. His first question is, is this for is this for real or just a bunch of bullshit? The plan chat zip to no. Fine, he says, still not believing. Prove it. <laughs> no sooner he had no sooner he had finished that statement, the lights in the room flickered and the building's fire alarm went off. Oh my gosh. This freaked us all out and we left the room to follow fire alarm procedures. After about 20 minutes, campus safety said it was a false alarm and to let us all back in the dorms we when we arrived back up to our friend's room the ouija board was gone no one took it with us and the room was left locked what that's a fun little where would it have gone i don't don't like it it's mysterious did it put itself away that would be a well-behaved. Oh, yeah. Very tidy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another one says, when I was around 12 or 14, one girl brought a Ouija board to my friend's birthday slumber party. Classic. Uh, I was pretty skeptical, but also really curious about it, as I never had used one before. We took turns asking questions, and I just figured someone else was moving the planchette. The other girls were pretty creeped out, but I wasn't until I answered a question for me that nobody else knows the answer to. To this day, I can't explain the answers appeared or any other paranormal experiences that have happened after we put the board away. I truly believe that we contacted something and it stuck around. There were just generally a lot of small things like footsteps above us when we were on the top floor. The door kept swinging open on its own, and the girl who lived there said it never did that on its own before. The creepiest part was that a bunch of us randomly wake up around 4 or 5 in the morning, and a few girls saw a black figure walking down on the street outside the window. Apparently, one of the girls had seen what they thought was the same figure, with his face at the window on the second story. Oh my earlier gosh, that night. no. Yeah, no. No. That was from Cosmo. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's all I have on those. So if we've piqued your curiosity and you somehow are not scared yet, uh, first Google more Ouija board stories yeah. or TikTok them. TikTok, yeah. go- t- <laughs> I was looking at Ouija board stories through that Facebook group I went on uh-huh. and they were like, just TikTok bad Ouija board experiences oh, and no. you're going to come up with gold. And I'm like, okay. So yeah. You, that's an easy rabbit <laughs> yeah. hole to go down to. If you're really dying to use one, dying. Um, dying. Here's how to use them. So uh, first open the session however you feel. Um, just be respectful. Some like to use religion or or their beliefs, and it's recommended to greet the spirits warmly, asking for only positive energy. In the Facebook group that I joined, they had suggested like meditating for an hour and staging and using like dragon blood incense, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's or is it you know, tiger blood? 
I think it's dragon's blood. They said dragon's blood. Oh, okay. Maybe tiger blood is another one. Oh, it's tiger ball. Never mind. I don't know. I was confused by dragon's blood. Just ignore me. I was like, dragons aren't real, man. Okay, each player should place their (laughs) index finger or middle finger lightly on the planchette, then slowly move it clockwise or in a figure eight to kind of warm up the board. Sure. It's important that there is only one spokesperson. While many can join in on this seance, one person should be asking the questions. It can become very confusing. Right. uh, Others can come up, like I said, with the questions. And the easiest way to start is our yes or no questions. Also, be sure everyone in the room agrees with the questions and are can remain comfortable throughout the session. Um, and stop if someone becomes uncomfortable. Lastly, to yeah. close the session, make sure the planchette is physically moved to goodbye on the board. This is very important. Otherwise, you can leave something open and I, you know, right. don't recommend that. Right. Uh, tips, most importantly, don't use it alone. Okay. Uh, get rid of any distractions and kind of like set the mood, make it you know, make it dark and spooky in there. Light um, as day. Turn I'm off. Do it outside in the field. <laughs> <laughs> turn off the radio. I would not want to do it inside in the field. Outside in the field. That sounds awful. With flowers and butterflies around. Yeah, but outside in the middle, it sounds like in the middle of nowhere. It's like aliens gonna come abduct you. Or That's something. true. Yeah. Um, turn off your phones and radio or TV, and you know, just just treat it as like they're your guests, and you're not trying to be rude right. to them. Um, it's not recommended to use the board in a graveyard. Just think of that as trying to talk to, you know, like 20 people and just have one oh conversation. Gosh. Could you imagine? A bunch of people butting in. So yeah. it becomes annoying and confusing. Yeah. So how to properly dispose of a Ouija board. These are according to some of the sources that I found. So to just put it away and ignore it, be sure that the last session was closed properly. Then wrap the planchette in a cloth to ensure there is no contact with the board. Then put the board and planchette in a safe storage place where it won't be disturbed in your home. Okay. In your attic or basement. Okay. Creepy closet. Yeah. Uh, For majority of my sources, anything involving burning is a no-no. So we're just going to nix that. Don't do it. Yeah. Some people were like, oh, you can burn if you do this. I'm like, just don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, Many people believe that you should bury the board face down. Some even go as far as burying them in a consecrated ground. If you decide to take this option, wrap the board or planchette in a cloth to ensure they don't have contact with each other. Um, Once the board is buried, cover the area with a large amount of salt, um, enough to completely cover the hole you dug, leaving no gaps or holes. Um, the theory is that the during the next rainfall, the salt will soak in and purify the ground and make sure there isn't, like, it's not going to get uh, blown away or anything. So Okay. Um, it's a good idea to do it right before a storm and resalt if you see any gaps appear. Oh, my gosh. So, so like, if you step in it, like, throw some salt right there. Ugh, sounds like a lot <laughs> of work. too much work. <laughs> so there's a theory that uh, once a board is given to the new owner, the connection to the previous owner is broken. So before doing anything drastic, this is from the website that I found, um, with your spirit board, why not consider donating it, donating it to us? We'd be more than happy to take your Ouija boards to add to our collection. Please. The website's saying that, not yes. us. <laughs> yes, not Don't, us. Do, do not, not send, send us, us your Ouija boards, please. <laughs> We're sending them to this website. We will put it inside the uh, description for the episode. Yes at some point yeah uh please wrap the board and planchette if you still have it separately from each other and bubble wrap or newspaper so they cannot make contact again in addition of a note with your email address is appreciated so we can let you know once we it has been successfully passed to us we can post we can post the address in our description like i said um again guys lastly we do not encourage the use of ouija boards if Correct. you do don't be dumb like just be respectful while doing it and yeah. um you can either listen to my advice or look up really good rituals on like yeah. opening and using the ouija board just don't be that idiot in the scary movie yeah. that's like oh this is bullshit we're just gonna throw it across the room <laughs> this isn't working that's if, when everything bad happens yeah but if you guys do end up doing it like tell us about it yes tell us about it please yeah i would still play with one if i was in the right not in my own house i will never i will definitely i am so proud to say that is something i will not do (laughs) 
10 out of 10 would not recommend would not recommend thank you so much for sharing that You're welcome. that was fun <laughs> i'm sorry i kind of sped through it no it's <laughs> it's it very good. hot in here too <laughs> it's very hot i'm we like kind of like getting tired internally and i'm <laughs> yeah. like don't <laughs> i keep yawning <laughs> well i will tell you about brian denick then okay about Dinek. oh sorry i wanted to do this as an intro um uh Let's go, don't wait, this night's almost over, honest, we don't, uh, can't afford all the lyrics to that song, na na na, na forever, na, na, na. and ever. song will last will, forever, this song will ever. last forever. <laughs> um, you sang it better earlier, it was good. You're well, good. Be, I didn't, we can't air it. Oh. We, that's why I said we can't afford the rest oh. of the lyrics. <laughs> Otherwise we you know what song buy, we're singing. We have to buy the copyright for it. Um, so Brian Dinnick was born on March 9th, 1978 in Amarillo, Texas. Amarillo by morning. Sorry. <laughs> to the, great, now we have to buy it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dang it. Um, to the parents of Michael and Elizabeth uh, Dinnick. Uh, Brian attended Belmar Elementary School and was a member of the Boy Scouts group. Where he was a dancer. Oh, a dancer in the Boy Scouts? Don't ask me. I, I don't forgot know. about. <laughs> I forgot. I I forgot to look I it up. I did not know that they I, let I don't. kids do that. You know what? No judgment. No, not at all. But I think that's great. I want to know more information. Yeah. And how do I sign up? Yes. Uh, when he went in high school, he ended up dropping out of uh school be and decided to get his GED at 17 years old. And something that I thought was pretty cool was that he was an artist for the Stanley Marsh Threes art project for the Dynamite Museum, which uh, basically they would take road signs and then like do a play on words, like stop and the name of love or, you know, things like that. Which is awesome because every time I see a stop sign, I think of that. Yeah. So it was just really cool. And then they would display them throughout the town. That's Oh, they were... That's right. Yeah. That's cool. So I thought that was really cool that he would do that. Um, he also was a vocalist for a punk rock group. Meow, meow. Sorry. I forgot about this part. Called the White Slave Traders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How can we forget about that I don't part? know. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that, you it know what? It was the 80s. It's, it's a good thing it didn't make it because they would have had to change their name because, uh, that's, uh. That is really bad. <laughs> I mean, even for the to, 80s, it was bad. Who but... had to change their name? Dixie Chicks. They changed their name. They're just chicks now. Oh. You know who Dixie Chicks are, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, I, um, the football team had to also. Oh. The Red, they were, like, with the Indians Redskins or, or something? something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I I don't really follow yeah football, but I remember seeing it yeah, in the news. I've heard they make a lot of uh, baskets, hoops. Yep, they do that. Football's cool. Yeah. Anyway, um, his dream was always to be a famous punk rock musician, and Brian was a very charismatic and outgoing young individual. He was um, naturally a leader, so like he kind of was the one that like led the group. And things that they, his group of friends, he was the one that, like, kind of made the decisions. Like, not because he was, like, a leader, but because they just kind of looked Followed at him. him. Yeah, followed him. Um, He would wear a lot of spiky jewelry. Spiky? Yeah. Spiked jewelry. Spiked. Yeah. Spiked. Uh, spiked jewelry, studded. I mean, spiky's not bad. Yeah, I know. He also had a spiked uh, mohawk hairstyle. Oh, that's which cool. Which was really cool. And I remember telling you that my pastor had one, and he had colored <laughs> yeah. his hair blue. <laughs> that's awesome. So cool. Uh, he wore a black leather jacket, studded belt and, with a chain, and he also had a few homemade tattoos. That's cool. Oh. Yeah. He was Homemade. That's punk. like next level. I know. Although his parents didn't really like his health lifestyle because of the way they were worried about the way people would treat him, uh, they still had a healthy relationship. Uh, they loved him, and he would go over there for dinners and whatnot, and even bring his friends with him. Oh, yeah. So his group of friends were pretty. He's a good son. He was a good boy. Yeah, his group of friends were pretty respectful to the community. They would just hang out and. Um, 
at the local IHOP at Skate Around, and you know they had a a, a place that they stayed together, and they all like shared it with a like a house. That's rent, cool. They rented it was like a industrial building that turned into like houses or something like that's that. cool yeah so it was like their crash, crash pad. pad oh yeah jinx jinxy omi uh, coke coke uh but the cops were not a fans of were not fans of them they always looked for an excuse to harass the group one time brian and his friends were spray painting graffiti on a wall that already had graffiti on it no and, big huh no big yeah and the cops were like, no. So they chased them all the way back to their crash pad. And they sat, the cops sat at the door, waited for everyone to come up. They were like, come out, come out. And they're like, we're not coming out. And they're like, you're coming out. And they're like, no. And they ended up breaking down the door and manhandling Brian and his friends, shoving them to the ground or up against the wall. And one of them even sexually, uh, or one of them even threatened to sexually assault one of the females. That is so excessive. I know. And when she yelled at him to get her his hands off for her, off of her, he put a gun into her <gasps> mouth and threatened to kill her. Yeah. And it's just bad. Wow. All of them were arrested on charges for under or for the charge of underage drinking. Okay, big deal. Yeah. After being released, Brian and his girlfriend, which I couldn't find her name, but I thought this was just a little fun thing to add. They adopted a little puppy named oh. Stout. It's <laughs> cute. It is cute. Um, there was also a rival between the punk group and the clean cut jocks of Amarillo. Uh, they literally couldn't, yeah, they, but they literally couldn't go anywhere without starting a fight. Like they would like be in the IHOP and they'd be on opposite sides of the restaurant and they'd like be flipping each other off. West side story. Yeah. Yelling profanity at each other and just awful things. They're, they were, they were punks. Punks. Um, the jocks though would get away with everything. They would have like huge bonfires and like. Never would have the cops called on. And the few times that they did have the cops called on them, they uh, would just, the cops would be like, you know, settle down and go home sort of thing. And uh, the one of the leaders uh, at a party, Dustin Camp, was addressed by a friend and asked if they should shut down the party or one of the parties that they're having because it was getting too big. And he literally said, no, we run this town. So uh, that's cocky. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they the cops said that. No, Brian Camp or Dustin Camp did. That's annoying. Yeah, he like literally. What a kn- douche. He knew that the cops weren't wouldn't do anything because they're you know they're of money and oh they're the probably jocks. had family and like they probably have family members on the co- on the force. So they donate. To the yeah. Christmas calendar every exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah. So they were very a- arrogant and self-absorbed. On December 6, 1997, John King, one of Brian's friends, was down at IHOP. And Dustin Camp was driving by when he saw John outside uh, in the parking lot. So ju- Dustin jumped the median in his Cadillac, attempting to run John over. He missed... But John King had a police baton and smashed the windows of the Cadillac. Oh. Which I would do so you yeah. try to run me yeah. over. Uh, Dustin Camp then got out and with the help of his crew beat John up, knocking him to the ground and kicking him repeatedly. Uh, it's good still. Uh, and there was like at least a dozen young men kicking this poor guy. Uh, this That's really so messed up. That's not fair. No, it's not. This really struck a chord with the punk group, <clears throat> and the tension between the two groups was at an all-time high. Six days later, on December 12, 1997, the jock group was uh, drinking pretty heavily, and they went to the Western Plaza Shopping Center at 11 p.m. They were anticipating this fight between him, them and the punk group. Brandon's friends arrived with chains and pipes to help defend themselves. Well, 
I know. They weren't messing around. No. There's, they're also, like, all scrawny. And... <laughs> Aw. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of them. <laughs> they are just doing, getting what they had. Yeah. They probably lived off of Hot Pockets and energy drinks. <laughs> so Hey, that is a great diet. That is it's, I champions. Would, yep. Breakfast <laughs> of champions right there. Uh, they, uh, like I said, there was, like, a dozen of Dustin's friends, and there was, like, hardly any. There was, like, five or six of the punk group. So they were definitely outnumbered, but that didn't stop the punk group for putting, from putting up a fight. During the fight, Dustin and his two friends returned to his Cadillac to take off. As he was leaving, though, he made a sharp turn and pointed the vehicle straight at Brian, who was running away from the fight. He stopped for a second and then said, I'm a ninja in my caddy. Is that, like, reported that he actually yes, said that? Yes, he literally said that. Wow, you're cool, dude. Yeah. You're, you're there. That doesn't make any sense. No, you're not a ninja if you no. have something. One no. of the one of the girls ninjas in have the room, stars. Yes. They're way cooler. Uh, the, <laughs> one of the girls in the car, she testified and said that he said that. Oh, there was someone in there with yeah, him. Yeah, two of his friends. Oh, okay. So uh, he, he then accelerated the vehicle and ran over. Brian. And he was running away from the fight too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dustin then said, "I bet he liked that one." After he ran over Brian, he sped away and fled the scene. And it's not like he just, like, hit him and, like, kind of turned. No, like, the whole vehicle ran him over. That's messed up. Yeah. Like, you didn't stop or anything, dude. Um, Brian was killed instantly. Aww. Dustin was arrested for first-degree murder. During the trial, his defense argued he was acting in defense of a friend who Brian was attacking. But his friends, Dustin's friends, who were in the vehicle, testified den and denied those claims that there was no one that, that he, he was, was helping. Yeah, he wasn't. They to knew help he anyone. went too far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the attorney also shifted the blame onto the punk community, claiming that they were violent and multiple police complaints against them. Oh, of course, because yep. of the way they look and the, yep. the things that they're into. Yep. Uh, the noise complaints from noise complaints to arrest for underage drinking. Which, shocking. The attorney basically tore Brian's character apart, which is devastating for that family. Yeah. Claiming he was the aggressor that night. He also painted Dust, uh, Dustin as a model citizen of Texas. Ew. He was a good Christian boy, clean cut, and star football player. And begged mm -hmm. the jury to give Dustin a second chance at life because he was such had such a bright future ahead of him. Which is, yeah, but you made... A bad choice. Yeah. Unfortunately, the jury did not find Dustin guilty of first-degree murder and only found him guilty of voluntary man voluntary, voluntary manslaughter and sentenced him to 10 years probation. That's the same thing. That's murder. Voluntary. Like, uh, meaning, like, you, you knew what you, you were doing. You knew what you were doing. He also got a $10,000 uh, fine. 10000 Who did? Uh, Dustin. Dustin? Yeah. For, for hitting someone? For killing for someone. For killing someone? For yeah. taking someone's kids away? Yeah. Or kid away? $10,000. Wow. I bet his mom and daddy didn't have any problem paying that. Oh, yeah. In June of 2001, Dustin violated his probation by drinking underage. And his daddy. <gasps> he drank underage? He did. That's illegal? Mm, oh, my I gosh. Know. That is the most worst crime of crimes. I know. But his daddy tried to cover it up, saying that it was his alcohol. Uh, and Fingerprint it. Get <laughs> <laughs> uh, CSI out here, guys. No kidding. The dad was charged with making false statements to police and was sentenced to 60 days of probation with a $100 fine. A hundred dollars, dude. <laughs> like, that just dawned on me. Like, what? <laughs> For lying. Yeah. So, Dustin's on brother. A huge, on a murder case. I know. Well, or involving, yeah, yeah, I know. But still, like, yeah. protecting someone. Yeah. So, Dustin's brother was also arrested for providing alcohol to minors and was sentenced to one year probation. Brian's death shook the punk community. And the outcome of the trial made them very angry, claiming Dustin was given the sentence he got because he was a white privileged kid that came from wealth. The trial also got a lot of media attention. 2020 did a piece on it, NPR reported on it, and MTV had a documentary called Criminal Punk vs. Preps. 
In 2000, Marilyn Manson discussed the case at the Desfino Conference addressing the causes of young youth violence. There have also been multiple tributes to Brian, Brian Denick. In 2000, the Unity Through Diversity Festival was held in Amarillo, featuring the Undead and Mike Watt, amongst other bands. The 10th anniversary of his death de demonstrated the ongoing significance of his uh, death to the punk community, with 25 con concerts being held on December 8th. 2007 across the United States and Canada, including concerts in New York, Chicago, Seattle, and five concerts across Texas, including a two-day event in Amarillo. Half of, yeah, Half of the money raised by these events went to the National Organization for Parents of Murdered Children. That's right. Yeah. I, I really love like that. that. That's really cool. Yeah. The other half to various anti-prejudice causes. The memorial concert stated aims were... Brian was only 19 years old when he succumbed to violent death due to prejudice and ignorance. The memorial events will donate our profits to charities that fight hate crimes. Brian's existence will continue to inspire others. And there is a list of songs written about Brian. And I'm going to tell you them. Brian's Song by 15. Brian's Song by The Code. Tears on a Pillow in Amarillo by The Undead. Fortune of a Wall. Fortunes of War by Dropkick Murphys, Sunshine Fist Magnets by Against All Authority, A Punk Killed and Murdered by Total Chaos, American Justice is All a Lie by Career Soldiers, Sunshine by The Swellers, Hail by Hamill on Trial, Brian Denick by Christopher Owens, and Punk Song by Lambed. That's cool. Yeah. And... A play about Denick's case, Manslaughter, by David Bushy, was performed at the Annex Theater Seattle in 2000. And a film about Brian Denick's short life has been made called Bomb City, named after Amarillo's nickname, nickname as a nu nuclear weapons disassembly site. Dang. That's and cool. Yeah. That he is, was not forgotten. He was not Still forgotten. Still isn't. And the... That punk, the punk community definitely does not let people forget about him. That's good. Yeah. So that's Brian Denick and the very tragic story of his. His poor family. I know. That's so oh. sad. Yeah. That is really cool, though, that he wasn't forgotten. Yeah. Mm. I mean, awesome. like, a lot of famous bands were just like, no, we're, we're going to bring awareness to this. So yeah. That was awesome. Um, can you tell me a neighborhood story? Yes, I can. All right. So, um, you guys are, my daughter's in here listening to us record and apparently we, 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 put, her to we sleep. put her to sleep. And she's not like a two year old who would no. just fall asleep. She's, she's almost nine she's years almost old nine. and she was playing on her phone. So <laughs> she's asleep. Is she legit still asleep? Yeah. She's <laughs> Uh, or maybe it's because murder and... We just have soothing voices. Maybe that's what it is. Go to sleep. This is our good night Go podcast. To sleep. You know, if they say that a lot... you're going to bed. Good you know, night. those women that listen to true crime podcasts and documentaries to fall asleep. I hope we don't haunt your dreams. And maybe she is a baby... I'm dubbing it right now. A baby... A baby true crimer. Yeah. All right. So this one says, Dear sorority girls next door, I saw your boobs. They don't help me study. Please don't look. <laughs> close, please <laughs> close your blinds when you're trying on skanky underwear. Skanky? <laughs> Listen here, bud. Listen, you know, all underwear in some form is kind of skanky. Like I it, mean, it's underwear. It's underwear. You don't wear it outside, even it's though not it looks just like wear. a swimsuit. Yeah, I but don't ever understand that. Listen, it just don't look. Yeah, Close just, your blinds. Although, in his defense, like if if I saw like, and I'm a girl, I'm in, I'm I'm into I'm into men. Yeah, and if I saw a girl. In underwear, out or oh, something, yeah, 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 I'd yeah. be like, "Whoa, what? That's not supposed to be there." Yeah, it's, it's like something that's not supposed to. Be. It's like a Where's Waldo? Like, yes. oh, there's Waldo. 
Yeah. There's boobs. No, totally. I would have looked too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, can we, before we end this, uh, do we need to talk about, let's talk about uh, photography. Um, oh, you guys. We just put out our photo shoot yes. of, um, with Red Photography Guys. Oh my gosh. She did so good. And she is one of those photographers that will naturally make you laugh. I yes. have a terrible normal smile if yeah. I force it. But it comes out nicely if I'm forced to laugh. And she kept on saying things like boobs. And <laughs> she won't say that if you have kids there, no, obviously. No, no, no. But she my would... point is she will go to extra levels to make you laugh and get a good smile out of you. Well, let me let me just go off of that is she knows her clients. She yes. gets to know them so yeah. that she knows how to. She listens to the show. Yeah. But she knows how to make them laugh. Yeah. So, she kind of knows us. Yeah. So she did a great job. Jamie with Red Photography. She did um, a fantastic job. Our pictures turned out awesome. Oh We're gosh. so excited. So if you're a local, please yeah. check her out. Her link to her website is on our website, or on our yeah. webpage, yeah. under promotions, because yep. she is so good. Yep. Hands down, best photographer ever. I'm Red Photography. Red Photography. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna get going. Yeah, um, it's so hot here. Yeah, if uh, <laughs> we still have another episode, oh my god! Uh, to listen, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you want to find us. We're pretty much everywhere. Google it. Um, please rate and review us. That really helps. It's really appreciated. Also, yeah. um, be sure to follow us on TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> So hot here. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, on Facebook, we do have a Facebook group, which we're really active in. So please sign up. Sometimes we have special deals and uh, contests going on. <laughs> Sometimes we have special things going on where you can win things. So join that, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. On our website is whatswiththeneighbors.com. And on there, you can find everything that she just talked about, including a link to our merchandise. We have magnets and shirts magnets and shirts and um along with a link to our patreon which is patreon.com forward slash wwtn podcast choo choo if you want to be on the donor bus it's either you're way too early or way too late choo choo (laughs) i was ready (laughs) uh five dollars a month gets you exclusive content and our episodes unedited and for three dollars a month you get exclusive content and the episode early uh, feel free to slide into our DMs with any questions, comments, or story suggestions um, at wwtnpodcast at gmail.com. And have you checked in on the neighbors? What's with the neighbors? Bring, Bring Amy, Amy out. out. What's with the neighbors? Tell your cats I said hi. Meow. We said hi. <laughs>